1: And together they are... Oh my god, don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! Gay out- of darkness.
0: I am losing my mind. She... Gal has lost her marbles. I
1: don't know where I am. My brain. <laughs> I don't... We've changed our recording schedule, and all of a sudden, work is happening again, all these things, and I'm just, like, I can't handle it, man. Stacy,
0: it is back to school last month, ba- pretty much. Um, the economy is back open, baby. The restaurants and the bars are open again in Florida. All, at all capacity, nobody needs masks. It Life is back in order. You gotta get with it. You gotta catch up. And here
1: I am... Uh, you know, still doing the same shit I've been doing for six months.
0: <laughs> still, um, following basic health guidelines.
1: Still washing my hands. Wow! Wow! Um, you know, and I just—I don't know. We had a thing kind of planned for today, at least at the beginning of the episode and at the end of the episode, because this is our birthday episode.
0: <gasps> Can you do a kazoo? Can you do make a kazoo sound? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> do that again. i don't what am i well i was trying to do a nice birthday kazoo for us and we could say happy second birthday but then that sound happened
1: wow so you put me on the spot tell me to do a kazoo sound and then you sound shame me
0: you ruined our birthday
1: i ruined the birthday. That I had already ruined by forgetting what we were supposed to do. Look, I was blinded by the movie that we're going to talk about today. I've been blinded by a lot. I'm talking so much. I just had a cup of coffee.
0: (laughs) Now it's coursing through your veins.
1: It's coursing through my veins. Uh, Look, there's just been a lot going on this week, Okay.
0: There's so much... I mean, like, we've had so much sudden work coming at us, both of yeah. us. Yeah, um, It's Halloween week. You're gearing up for... You're making Shocktober happen, like, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, we just found out Melissa Etheridge is writing the Mystic Pizza musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on. There's a
1: lot. I mean, my world is being rocked this week. I, this is very true, I was uh, the victim... Well, I mean, it just means I got an email of a sextortion scam.
0: <gasps> was it Nexium? I wish. <laughs> That's your trick.
1: <laughs> I wish I got an email from Allison Mack.
0: Oh, my God. Or we're in her uh, Zoom class. I was whatever. in her Zoom
1: class, yeah. No, unfortunately, not NXIVM. Uh mm-hmm. No, I got an email. I got two emails. <gasps> and it was like... I know your password. And then they put... It was my password in the email. It was a very old password, like 10 years old. What? It was like, I know your email. I downloaded your activity. I have videos of you watching porn. I have a list of the porn that you watched. And if you don't send me Bitcoin, I'm going to release this because I have access to your contacts. And for a moment, I was like, oh, no. But then I thought... First of all, jokes on them. As we learned in a much earlier episode of Gaylords of Darkness, I wear a Jay Moore mask while I'm jerking off.
2: <laughs> this is true. <laughs> that so mask paid fa- off.
1: My face is covered. No, but then I thought, like, <laughs> the password was so old. And I'm like, I haven't even had a webcam for, I've had a webcam for like six months. Like, I'm so far behind technologically. That I just haven't. And I'm just like, this the, This is not a thing. This is just, they got old. There was a breach at some point of old shit. And now they're trying to get bitcoins out of me.
0: Yeah, they're trying to call your buff and bluff and get those bitcoins. Yeah, but I was like, oh my. Do you have bitcoins? Of course I do. You're... I
1: just said <laughs> how technologically unadvanced I am. <laughs> I have piles of bitcoins, Anthony.
0: <laughs> you printed them up and you made a pile. Of
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I printed them <laughs> on my Epson, uh,
0: whatever. Inkjet.
1: Inkjet. That's it. My <laughs> dot matrix bitcoins. Yeah,
0: your dot matrix bitcoins.
1: <laughs> I have tons of bitcoins sitting around glad i didn't send him off because this was a scam
0: yeah but it
1: feels very exciting to say i was involved in a sextortion scam
0: yeah wow you were at the hu- you were that uh, in the eye of the hurricane of your own personal sex scandal for one second.
1: i could have been like the weekly story on svu you know <gasps> like this is how i feel this is the most exciting thing that's happened in the last six months
0: Yeah, where they rewrite it and suddenly um, uh, Mariska Hargitay is helping out literally Blasey Blonder (laughs) with her her online dramas.
1: And Ice-T is like, a Jay Moore mask? (laughs) You're telling me she was wearing a Jay Moore mask (laughs) while she was jerking off? That's what I'm telling you. ice see. <laughs> oh my god! And then Jay Moore could guest star.
0: He oh
1: yeah, we get him some work.
0: You yeah, see? yeah.
1: Anyway, happy birthday. <laughs> happy, ber- <laughs> happy birthday to you too. Happy birthday, Gaylords! This is our what birthday? Third, second, second,
0: <laughs> third. Yes,
1: <laughs> it feels like it the- our s-
0: it's our second anniversary. Yeah,
1: only the second
0: yeah it feels like we've been doing it forever
1: sure does
0: but also two full years that's i also don't know how that's possible it feels so wild
1: wow i can't believe we're still around
0: granted eight years of that two years has been spent in lockdown Uh,
1: like yeah
0: right like Like a
1: full quarter of our lifespan
0: yeah literally (laughs) yeah from from pandemic how exciting
1: yeah but it's our second birthday thanks to everybody who continues to listen to our bullshit
0: thank you thank you for accompanying us on our our voyage yeah
1: it's uh it's very exciting isn't it
0: it is well and there's things to be proud of you know we've we've done some cool shit in two years we um Have we- oh well yeah um uh um
1: <laughs> We had a live show back when the, remember when we
0: could do things like
1: that? Oh yeah, we did a live show!
0: (laughs) Everything went blank. Yeah. I was like, we made a bumper sticker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, uh...
0: Oh yeah, that that, we still haven't put out.
1: Yeah. We have merch, you guys, that we haven't, like, shown you.
0: Literally, we've had it for a year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've literally had merch for a year! (laughs)
0: it's cool merge too yeah there's literally no reason we haven't put it out except we're late. well no we were going to and then the pandemic hit and then we felt like it was rude
1: <laughs> yeah to ask for like money from people for things plus who wanted to go to the post office you
0: know uh, no doesn't want don't want to do it i don't know about you but with the second pandemic hit i got i like i unfollowed every online store that i was subscribed to because mm. i kept getting emails that were like this deal this week this deal and i was like i don't know if I, like everyone i know is going to die or not <laughs> like you know like a weekend when nobody knew what was happening
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it, i just unsubscribed from everybody so it just felt weird to launch it then but but it will be coming out soon
1: <laughs> well that's what we say well then we gotta keep them on their feet Toes. oh i see Toast. yeah keep keep tuning in
0: keep tuning in for more information
1: uh i'll also tune in for information
0: (laughs) (laughs) find out what day it is it's been a good we've had a good little a good little um terrible twosome terrible toddler this is our top i guess we're still in our infancy slash toddler moment well no we're moving into toddlers now right i think so so now we're like this is the phase where we just start shitting in on on ourselves in public and screaming
1: and we get our tiaras
0: we get our tiaras too while we shit ourselves in public and scream
1: yeah it's on brand yeah absolutely yeah so you know thanks for uh, listening this is it's been a fun show i'm glad we decided to do it
0: me too me too i still am so grateful that two years and like six or seven months ago <laughs> yeah. you sent me that email and said do you want to do this yeah. And I said, "Hell, yeah. Let's mm-hmm. call it Driving Miss Betsy." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we could be driving Miss Betsy.
0: But instead, you came up with a way better title, which was the first thing you came up with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy. What a time. Wow. What a time.
0: And and uh, once again, Stacy already said it, but thank you all of you for listening and supporting and uh even and the those of you that also have gone on and like officially subscribed through the podcast through our pinecast service really cool mm-hmm. um we just are still in shock that anyone listens let alone does anything more than that so <laughs> it's, right yeah it's awesome
1: and that people, you know, we appreciate nice messages, uh, all of it. It's just, it's very, it's wonderful that there's a little, that the, the, whatever we're putting out, that there are people who are picking it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially nowadays when like half the country's on fire, we're on the border borderline of a civil war. Um, the planet is melting down. Uh, we might not have a freedom ever again. <laughs> democracy
1: yeah democracy's crumbling. Yeah. and you're choosing to spend some time listening to us talk about
0: egg depositors
1: <laughs> like <that's... laughs> yeah, thank you. thanks.
0: and and this October, as October continues to to ramp up, we do hope to launch a, a brand new website. So hold us to it. And here's hoping maybe this November eleventh we'll be able to have a little something something else for you.
1: Yeah, the uh, Susperia zine that we said last year. Like, we never said what year That's the it was going to be
0: available. That's the thing, Stacey. Last year, we announced that the zine was going for pre-order on November 11th. But we did not say. We did not specify.
1: Which November 11th?
0: I mean, it, and don't go back and listen to the episode to see if we actually did. Yeah, because we probably specify, did. Because we probably said it was the zine <laughs> that year. But, but technically, in our memory, we didn't. So Right. But yeah
1: so hopefully uh this november there'll be a zine and a way for you to get it and you can check out the other stuff the, the other surprises that we have
0: yeah that we've just been sitting on in our our dragon horde i gotta get rid of some stuff in case i have to move in the next month right yeah flee <laughs> flee
1: is the word because i need yeah. to
0: escape this is currently my current um plan because i was like i really need an exit strategy just in case i think Mm. i think everyone if you can if you find yourself with the ability to you should do two things is get well three things vote get a flu shot and formulate an exit strategy my exit (sighs) strategy is a robo i'm just gonna find a robo and i'm gonna hope that that can get me somewhere (laughs) okay yeah
1: uh, I have nothing. I can I can vote, and get a flu shot, but escape plan. I mean,
0: don't you I know 10? any? You're by Canada. Don't you know any mimes? Aren't there French Canadian? There's got
1: maybe a mime could marry me. <laughs> oh my god! Right, that'd be it'd be so quiet. I'd be so happy. We could just sit there quietly.
0: Oh. Stacy, or Palmer. I could
1: t- I could talk about Nexium oh yeah and she could just sit there quietly and listen
0: because she doesn't talk because she's a mime
1: yeah but then I'd see her put up that wall and I'd be like oh okay all right I'm gonna play that way (laughs) so if there are any Canadian mimes out there uh lady mimes thank you (laughs) <laughs> looking for an American wife who has nothing to offer at all I, I have a blog and a podcast hey those are things uh <laughs> <laughs> otherwise I have zero to offer but uh, there you
0: go Stacy Ponder mime wife
1: mime wife <laughs> sister mime
0: sister mime <sighs> Whatever.
1: Oh, I love it. Is that worth? Is that better than staying here? Um. You... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, Just... she's always gonna have. She's always gonna have that face paint on.
0: She's always in the face paint. Always in the striped shirt. Always Spenders. doing the walls and the boxes. All
1: the walls. And the... She's well, now she's walking a dog. <laughs>
0: It's actually comedy gold (laughs) to get your green (laughs) card to Canada, (laughs) but the payment is you just have to watch this woman do mime routines (laughs) 24-7. Oh, God. Oh, wow.
1: Anyway, but you know what? That's November talk. Yeah. Uh, we're still in September.
0: Well, (laughs) technically October. Almost. Tomorrow. Still in September. One day, you're right, one day. I'm trying to get us closer to the doomsday clock.
1: Don't mess with my mind any more than it's already been messed with.
0: (laughs) But what else do I have to do?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what? This Asian invasion we've had for the last... I don't even know how long. I know I said that same thing last week, but we've been watching Asian horror movies for weeks now oh. around Gaylord's Manor, and I am so glad because it finally gave me an opportunity to force Anthony to watch The Fucking Handmaiden oh. that I have been telling Anthony to watch The Handmaiden for years now.
0: And this has this this is absolutely true. Four years, and this has been a... a this, this the this project of yours, it's a project that did get me to watch Handmaiden, has also extended to your trips here. You bring the Blu-ray with you. And mm-hmm. every time, it's like, do you want to go to dinner, Stacey? And you're like, we could watch Handmaiden. And then we don't.
1: <laughs> and then we don't. And, and then every once in a while when we're talking, I'm like, An- oh, Anthony, by the way, watch The Handmaiden. <laughs> it's, I just would inject it into conversation sometimes. Just... Hey, or I would literally send a text and be like, oh, that reminds me. You should watch The Handmaiden.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it, Stacey, but I'm busy Googling Rita Mae Brown's cat, who she reads <laughs> her mystery novels with.
1: <laughs> and so this, finally, finally, I saw my opportunity. We were going to talk about another movie today, and I said, oh, let's do The Handmaiden. And so Anthony was forced to do it for the good of the show.
0: Yeah, I was forced to watch this <laughs> film. That's right. Um, I was uh, subjected to sit down and to endure. I looked this. Up, I looked this up right before, because we were like, "Oh, how long is this movie?" I look it up. I see a three-hour runtime. Techn- okay, two hours forty-eight minutes. And I said, "God damn it! What am I doing for friendship slash a podcast?"
1: And I said, it should have been three months long. It
0: should have. And walking out of it, I said, I I don't want it to ever end. Let this be lockdown. This
1: movie.
0: Oh my god.
1: This movie. First of all, again, we have to give a warning to people. I feel like if you haven't seen this, if you have not... Read Fingersmith, the book that it is loosely based on, Mm -hmm. or seen the miniseries Fingersmith. If you don't know the story of this film, watch this movie before listening because there are surprises.
0: Go no further.
1: Go no further.
0: Here there be... Gay dragons. Go no further.
1: Very gay dragons. Brace yourself for some explicit lesbian sex.
0: Oh my god.
1: And watch this movie. This movie is a fucking feast.
0: It's perfect. It's, um, it's, it's chan Park, right? Did I just lose my brain? Park, Park Chan-wook? Park Chan-wook, yeah. It's his masterpiece? Yeah. And like he's made really good movies.
1: It is a masterpiece. It is an absolute fucking masterpiece.
0: I, Stacey... Okay, everyone. We are we all in agreement? You've turned this off. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen it yet, okay,
1: <laughs> yeah, you're not listening anymore. You're not right? listening. Great. Right.
0: Great. Um, I was like, I was sitting there watching this, literally, like, cause the movie is in three acts or three parts. By the time we get to, like, there's, like, a revelation around, like... Well, I mean, there's a revelation at the end of part one. And then part two, you get even more of a revelation. And then I just started crying and did not stop <laughs> until the end of the movie.
2: <laughs>
0: and I was, like... I, I Jason and I were glowing watching this film. It did not feel like three hours at all. I was so invested literally just weeping and then honestly as i was like having those weepy tears for like the entire last half or last last half really slash last third of the movie as i was just so happy and i was like this is everything i've ever wanted i was so honestly i was real um i was wistfully glancing down a hallway uh, imagining stacy at the other end and i'm so sad i didn't get to watch this with you for the first time yeah it's a real good movie.
2: It's a real
1: good movie. <laughs> it's a real good movie. And I feel like, I don't know if maybe it's because it's Korean. Um, We'll get into reasons why it's probably not uh, lauded as much as it should be in some particular circles.
0: Yeah, what the fuck?
1: Because why this movie isn't held up as a pinnacle, not only of queer cinema in general definitely lesbian cinema but just cinema this movie is incredible it is sumptuous it is epic it is the acting is unbelievable it is a feast for your eyeballs the story just the basic story is so entertaining it's funny yeah it's erotic it's romantic It. You know, starts to edge its way into horror. Like it's just everything. I love this movie so much.
0: (laughs) Oh, really, Madeline Kahn?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, you know, flames on the side of my face. What can I say?
0: Good flames, absolutely. I, I just was spellbound. Literally spellbound. Yeah. And it's funny um uh, oh boy do we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> but um uh, the th- that in- that's really interesting to me the idea of the reception of this film and why it isn't lauded, especially when you say not just to like good movies, but lesbian films. Yeah. I think leading up to this, you know, my we we always talk about how there are no good lesbian films. <laughs> like we always joke about that. I know. And I mean joke, but it's also true. But um you know, there was like, there's your carols and your, uh, uh, I mean the perfect, you know, next to our modern Suspiriorum portrait of a lady on fire. But yeah. When anytime I've referenced like lesbian films and how there's, I'm like, well, you know, there's Carol and there's, um, what, high art. There's good ones, right? <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. bound, there's bound, which also very similar to this film in, in some aspects. Um, there's bound, but like, uh, ooh, you know, it, it just kind of goes that route, um, where you realize then there's not as much good stuff. But this one, I I just am shocked that it isn't really. It doesn't come up with that conversation. It's not part of that canon. There's there's aspects of um, maybe it's because of its foreignness. It's that's Korean,
1: right? There's that,
0: and then there's but you a, know, there's a lot of honestly, it's some sex shaming stuff
1: it's the sex it's yeah. absolutely it's absolutely the explicit sex in this film yeah because i mean look at the <laughs> sensation that portrait has been and that's in french you know which is more accessible to english-speaking audiences than korean is for sure um but it is also a foreign film mm-hmm. for, for americans but i think the fact that this is incredibly explicit sex made by a man and it's lesbian, I think putting those three things together, the reception in the lesbian community isn't always positive with this film. And it's crazy to me because, to me, this movie sits next to Portrait in a sort of, like, you know, two sides of a coin. It's just as good. It says so many of the same things that Portrait says, But, because it is explicit, a lot of lesbians shy away from it. Absolutely. I mean, period. Period. I saw one article, like, I wrote it down because it was like, quote, and this is from a lesbian website, uh, not consistent with what romantic and even sexual relationships between women are like. That's what they say about the
0: handmaid. Fuck off. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Put on a giant swan suit and get fucked. (laughs) Um, No. Yeah. I dismiss. That's not real. Or valid.
1: (laughs) I mean, here's the thing is like. (sighs) Women of all persuasions. Have been shamed for being sexual if you are a sexual woman, you're a slut yeah, uh, it's improper, et cetera, etc cetera. and I think lesbians couple that with the sort of you know, oh we're gay, we have to hide who we are that kind of thing. I think all of that has melded into a big ball of like I don't know if it's shame, but there's a certain prudish aspect to vocal movie fans
2: mm-hmm.
1: when it comes to this sort of thing disobedience you have rachel vice spitting into rachel mcadams's mouth and there's a very vocal contingent who thought that was absolutely disgusting
0: even like, even with portrait right there was Even portrait which portrait was remarkably tame actually oh yeah um but in that like what they, they exchange there's always trails of saliva there's trails
1: of saliva, fingering the an in the mouth. Yeah, the water transfer in the mouth.
0: Oh yeah. There's
1: the le- lesbians. You watch these lesbian reacts video. It was the same thing. The blue is the warmest color, which is a wholly different beast, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. With these things, like that's a separate topic we can talk about. But you watch these, like, lesbians react. Like, we all love react videos. Lesbians react to Blue is the Warmest Color or The Handmaiden. And there is this line of reasoning that says, Lesbians don't do that. Lesbians don't do that when they're having sex. Lesbians don't swap spit. Lesbians don't scissor. Lesbians don't have sex that way. And I think that's what. That's an argument against the handmaiden, Mm -hmm. which misses the entire fucking point of the movie, first of all.
0: I mean, even if you go to the Wikipedia page for this film, which I immediately had to do because I I watched. Well, anyway, I took no notes during this film and I was like, okay, I just need to remember certain details and like zero in certain plot points. Like I didn't know who this person was or what their name was, you know. Yeah. Um and so as I was looking up on like wikipedia and kind of reviewing that like one, one of the few and only topics on the page is the controversy over the sexuality of the movie. Mm-hmm. They like that was and that that's not just within the lesbian community that was like a universal talking point for people. Mm-hmm. But it's like if it was a straight couple would that even be an issue?
1: Right. Probably not. Like no one says like straight people don't have sex that way.
0: No, God bless call me by your name. Um, and or God bless, God bless Luca, but and call me by your name. There's like no anything in that movie, there's no explicit anything. The, the closest you get to explicit is the tease of the peach, right? But it's also two dudes that like America's universally attracted to, and then there's mm-hmm. no issue with that any of that. And there's mm-hmm. all, and it's also better received because there isn't explicit sex, probably. But with this, you have two women, two um conventionally attractive women doing some things that maybe people have only heard about uh or or understand through porn which is also another really important aspect of this film
1: that's the thing it's like it's about reclaiming it's about reclaiming that's what that is one thing i i know i brought up with you who knows when, 10 years ago at this point. Yeah, in the when saga like, of
0: this movie.
1: <laughs> in the saga of getting you to watch this, I was like, the discussions around the sex in this movie completely miss the point of it. Because
0: that's the entire reason for an entire character's existence. Not her existence, yeah. but all the conditions of her life and why the things that happen in this movie happen.
1: The women appropriate the lives they have been given and transform them like the the confines of their lives and their sexuality that has been dictated by men they reclaim it reappropriate it and use it for their own desires yeah how like that's the point
0: what is it audrey lord how do you dismantle the master's house with the master's tools or how do you what is it? Right. Is that it you
1: can, well, she says you can't use the master's tools to dismantle the master's house but this movie they do they do and that's what i love
0: about it it isn't it is a literally a, i mean the definition of a queer act to dismantle something mm-hmm. it is completely queering uh the male gaze um which is funny through a male author basically though at the same time Um, and pornography and it is about women using that to completely subvert like they're fucking the system Mm -hmm. while fucking each other (laughs) and it's amazing Yeah.
1: yeah it's it's there's a part in this film late where it's like this is what portrait did that everybody talks about so much like it's one of the talking points of portrait of a lady on fire that is just hammered home is it dismantles the male gaze it dismantles the male gaze sure it does so does the handmaiden yeah and it does it as literally as portrait of a lady on fire does when marian sets that portrait on fire and burns the one by the male artist oh. here we have suki completely destroying the fucking library of porn
0: stacy i was scream crying in my seat i was like i was like i was hysteric in a hysteric state laugh like giggling and crying at the same time
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was crying i even wrote down the line i like i rewound it like three times because it's like one of it's that sequence like that like maybe 10 minutes, maybe even just five minute chunk of film is kind of like my favorite part of the movie.
0: Yeah, that was where I was glowing.
1: Um, as she's destroying the library and she says, The daughter of a legendary thief who sewed winter coats out of stolen purses. Herself a thief, pickpocket swindler. The savior who came to tear my life apart.
0: Yes. My Hanako, my suki. The savior who came to tear my life apart.
1: I mean. And that's what the movie's about. And it's like, and and, uh, like, I'm just comparing it to portrait just because portrait has been like pretty much universally lauded, except for some weird, like, sex phobic lesbians, lesbians (laughs) Um, and lesbians who are like, they didn't end up together. Lesbians just want women to cuddle. And have a happy ending. Lesbians will watch the worst television show <laughs> that has ever been created. Hey, Uta Refson is important
2: representation. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh,
1: no, I don't even mean that one. I mean stuff that's like still on the air because these two women kiss sometimes. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's all very benign and that's fine. But it gets. But then when there's something more explicit and I say like thank god like we don't get to see women being like fully erotic in these movies yeah
0: well yeah what's accepted in lesbian with lesbian what um uh the new star wars movie where they're like we're introducing gay characters for the first time and it's literally just two women that have existed in the films in the background and at one point they just you see them kiss in the background and that's it and it's over
1: yeah. like that's
0: valid lesbian sexuality that people are willing to digest <laughs>
1: a beloved movie in the lesbian community which it should be it's cute it's fun at the time that it came out we didn't get like mainstream lesbian rom-coms is um imagine me and you mm. with Piper Perabo and Lena Headey, mm-hmm. right it is the most benign uh there's no problems right it's there's no like angst over coming out or whatever they make out once. That's it. That's the sexuality in that film. That's all you get. Like, fully clothed, like, they kind of kiss twice, and that's it. That's also old. It's also old.
0: I mean, I hate saying that, because I remember watching the trailers for that in the theater. Yeah,
1: it's a fun movie.
0: But that was a while, that was a good while ago.
1: But lesbians are satisfied with that. And that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with being satisfied with that. It becomes a problem when you have two naked women going to town on each other. And that's automatically like a bad thing. I hate it. I hate
0: it. And it it's so funny. Cause it doesn't, that just shows that we haven't really, when it comes to talking about women's sexuality, like we haven't come any further than like, uh, the, the sort of cultural mindset of like where we were at when Madonna was doing sex and was like trying to show people that women actually have sexual lives.
1: <laughs> right. And it's, it's doubly worse when it's, you know, lesbians who are denigrating this kind of media. Yeah. You know, like missing the point of like, lesbians don't have sex that way. Well, well getting back to my point of like, Portrait was being universally lauded. Right. another Another talking point of that film that was universally lauded was the equality between the two characters and how there was no power imbalance and how Celine Sciamma really wanted to show that in a relationship. And I think The Handmaiden is remarkable because it starts out with a wicked power imbalance and by the end of it that last shot where they're entering like fucking fairy tale land uh. where they are naked together facing each other they have become perfect fucking equals uh. and the visual of that i mean it's it's a tableau it's art and but people are like lesbians don't have sex like that and it's like first of all yeah they do Okay, like, it doesn't all have to be like. Let's turn off the lights and put Enya on, and you know, like, hey, don't knock it. <laughs> that's fine. No, I'm saying it doesn't have to all be that. Okay, do you know thank what I you, mean? Thank you. Like, the lesbians trees. do. <laughs> <laughs> who, <can> <laughs> <say> <laughs> who Like everybody loves to orinoco flow once in a while right (laughs) but lesbians do all kinds of things together okay and if you're not maybe try it maybe up your game and see how it goes
0: that was the biggest thing i had heard about this movie when it came out it was at the hollywood i never saw it um i heard it was good and then i heard a lot of uh queer people saying how it was uh just a male filmmaker, like, um, making explicit lesbian sex for men to watch and how lesbians don't even scissor. That's the thing I kept hearing from the queer community. Lesbians don't even scissor. At that point, I made it my life's mission. Um, just like, maybe I got drunk and I asked too many of my lesbian friends, but I made it my life's mission to ask every woman that I know that has sex with women, do lesbians scissor? (laughs) Yeah, My studies have shown me, yes, every single woman that I asked that said, yes, that's a thing. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, well, that was a big problem with uh, uh, Blue is the Warmest Color, also, is that people were saying lesbians don't have sex that way. And it's like, that's not my problem with that movie. The problem with that movie is the way it was filmed. Yeah, because that There's...
0: was a freak, creepy fucking dude making it. A...
1: That was a creepy dude making it for himself. The actresses were uncomfortable. That is clearly not the case in The Handmaiden. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually acting like they're really into each other. Yeah. And they're really enjoying themselves and they're enjoying each other. Yeah. And that's the point. And the way it ties into uh, Hideko's backstory with the pornography and everything. Uh, it's just like, t- it's just that's, a lack of critical thinking. It's
0: such a lack of critical thinking, but the fact that That's what's really haunting, actually, is that you can have that critique of the movie, not understand how the movie is functioning and why these things are occurring and why that is Hideko's backstory, and then get to that ending, that very last scene with the bells, Mm -hmm. which part of me was like, what if they were eggs? But, like, you get to that- (laughs) (laughs) You get to the- My (laughs) bell
1: depositor! (laughs)
0: Yeah! (laughs) Yes, the boat goes by. You see the boat going by, you just hear- (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) very different film but um how can you watch that last scene especially when you've heard that that scene is uh, is foreshadowed in a reading we'll get into the whole plot Hideko reads these pornographic stories to men and one of them is about the bells and then they enact it but it's just for them At the ending. That's the last scene. I mean... How can you not connect the significance of that? Particularly from a... a, As an A literal act of queering.
1: This movie gets me... I'm feeling emotional. I... This movie.
0: Oh. I love to... That you brought... Like, I mean... And that's valid, Stacey. Like I said, I cried the whole last act of this movie. Um... I love that you brought up this like that uh, the the power um, discrepancy between the characters because mm-hmm. this film also I kept and and you're right it this film goes really hand in hand with portrait um, I comparison is something that I think humans are tend to, tend to do right because we we operate with a, a culturally binaristic mindset and so I, I I spent a lot of time thinking about. Portrait of Lady in Fire as I watched the movie and after. And I was like, oh, I love. Which one do I love more? Like, you have to pick, but you know. Right. But I was really like. Stacy says Portrait's the greatest w- movie of all time, but I don't know. It might
1: be this one. Honestly,
0: watching it, I was like, is it Handmaiden and is Stacey Braun? <laughs> I,
1: know, I had the same thought last night as I was like, was I just dazzled by Portrait? Can they well, just be my sister wives, these they're, two movies?
0: They're both perfect. They're both, they can both be your sister wives. It's like one is, you know, one also is aided by it is women making it. And right. a gay, two predominantly gay women at the core of the artistic voice of the film. Right. Um, but it's kind of like, for me, it's like, and these two films that I'm going to name are by no means, by no means compared to either Portrait or Handmaiden. But like, uh, when I think of good gay male films, like I think, you know, or good recent ones, I'm like, okay, uh, our kind of pinnacle was like, Call Me By Your Name and God's Own Country. And I'm like, they're both really good. I like Call Me By Your Name because it's more realistic, whereas I like God's Own Country because it's more of a fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. And it just is more fun. Uh, yes. And, and oh, like yeah. I feel like similarly with those two, with Handmaiden and Portrait, Handmaiden is a fantasy to some. Absolutely. Right? To some level. And then and Portrait is also, it's a, also a romance. It's also doing it, but it's also about... Uh, the loss of women's history and art. Right. And it's operating on different intellectual levels, just like these two movies, or uh, just like Handmaidens operating about pornography and reclaiming in a very different way. Um, sorry, this is a really long way to get to <laughs> going back to you talking about the power discrepancy. So thinking about this film in comparison with Portrait, I also am like, why are not as... We saw how fucking wet everyone got for Parasite this last year. Mm-hmm. And this movie opens as Parasite. Yeah. They even say, don't forget the basement. The basement is a big plot point in this film. Yeah. And I was like, this movie is, it's Parasite and portrait combined with a little lighthouse thrown in. <laughs> and, <laughs> and an octopus in the basement.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Not a
0: euphemism. Not a euphemism. Is that an at, the moment, a at the moment. Way? Just happy to pickle me. Like it's a... So that's my way of saying thank you. Yeah. I am Alanis Morissette. And I am saying thank you, Stacy.
1: It is it's just it's wonderful. It has such a feeling of like portrait. Like you said, comparing the two is, yeah, it's what we do, but what does it benefit? But Portrait, I had never seen a movie that spoke to the lesbian experience and also brought in women's history, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's such a smart fucking movie, you know? And it's
0: also really sad.
1: It's also very sad. Handmaiden is also a very smart movie. Uh, You know, the source material is written by a lesbian. Um, it's so joyful and liberating. Like, the feeling of liberation that comes with this movie when they get over that stone wall oh. and run through the field together.
0: When she stacked up the suitcases
1: for Oh, my her. God. Just that feeling like I don't know that any certainly any lesbian movie has come close to that sort of joyful liberation. A it's so it's so romantic.
0: A fun lesbian
1: movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so romantic. This movie is so funny at times. Like it makes me laugh out it's loud. It's hilarious. Um I know I've said all these things, but it's like it's it's erotic in ways that we never get to see. It's smart. It's so feminist. I don't care that it's directed by a man.
0: I don't... No, because he's a... He's a really smart filmmaker. Yeah. Who is just concerned with conveying the truth of the story he's telling. Right. And I think that's been the case in all of his movies, honestly. Well, except Thirst. I never cared for Thirst.
1: <laughs> I never got into Thirst.
0: Um, But, like... Uh, come for us, horror Twitter. But like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I uh, Lady Vengeance. Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Fucking fantastic. Also very feminist film. Yeah. Um, also in the span of just media culture, pretty early feminist film. <laughs> um, uh, uh, for this century, um, Stoker. Has a lot of women affirming, um, just amazing, and depictions of women's sexuality. and He's willing to go there. And he just, I don't know. I, I get the sense that this is a good guy making this movie.
1: Right. I just, I feel like women having explicit sex, it's like, can we look at context and intent? Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I... And maybe that's asking a lot of audiences who just want to be entertained. But I'm like, when you look at the sex scenes in this movie, that we see the same sequence. This is also something that we discussed a little bit last week when we talked about Audition. I'm a sucker for movies that replay scenes... And you get more information, or maybe it's like, you want to see how this really played out. I've come to realize I'm a real sucker for that storytelling conceit. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) It's good, and I find it entertaining. And so we see the sex scene, you know, in the first act, and then we see it again in full, and I do mean full, (laughs) very explicitly later on. And it's like, it's, these women are enjoying each other's bodies. And it's, that's also funny. Like, it's, you know, like, that's something we also don't see. It's like, it's
0: funny. The sex scenes are funny. Yeah. And they're sweet. Yeah. Oh, when she, when she pulls out her boob and she's like, oh my God, it's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. But the whole
1: thing is, uh, you know. Uh Tamako slash Suki uh, doesn't know that Hideko is reading pornography to these men. And so when they have sex, and she's doing all of these crazy positions, and it's just like, they start to have sex under the guise of, what will my future husband want to do with me?
0: Yeah, it's like it's like the cruel intentions, I'm going to teach you how to French kiss.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Are you for and then, real? <laughs> And then, as it goes on, and Hideko is there scissoring, and all of this, and Suki is like, "Wow, you must be a natural, <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> because she's supposed to be this naive noble woman who doesn't know anything, you know? Like that's the point of it. That's why they're doing these things, and it's also what she's learned, and she's reappropriating it for her own pleasure." And
0: exactly that she's reading this pornography. She does it in a situation where it's very, she's Korean, but it's, it's, she's in a, she's with her, uh, well, her uncle who's, um, he was one of the, like, kind of like a Korean, like, like not defector, but he helped Japan colonize Korea or take over Korea. Right. Um, and so he's really like into Japanese culture and is like really kind of self hating and wants to be Japanese. And so she has like kind of like a geisha get up and she reads these books to like this club or society of men that come and they just sit there in their tuxes and they get off as she d- reads like Saudi, Saudian kind of pornography to them. And, uh, and there's also an aspect of like demonstrate, they demonstrate acts with her almost like she's a live illustration model for the pornography. And it's just like gross. And in all the porn that she's reading, it's specifically written just to get men off. Mm -hmm. It's scissoring to get men off. She has been taught since she was like, what, like four how to read. And she doesn't, she doesn't know how to do anything else. She hasn't left the house. She doesn't know how to do anything else because she has been dedicated just to practicing perfect diction. (laughs) So she can read these stories to these men. But then when she takes the thing that she's the only kind of sexuality she's been exposed to, which is this pornography, and she applies it with, um, with Suki and like they're smiling and they're laughing. And you see that shot, the shot of them and they're just holding hands as they do it. Mm -hmm. Like that's not in the pornography that the men are being read. Right. It's not because that's not to their benefit.
1: Mm hmm.
0: And it's, uh, it's just so beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> and it's important. It's important that we get to see women having gnarly fucking sex. And why are we so grossed? Why are, or, I don't think it's grossed out. It's just why is there this sense of purity and shame over this kind of thing?
1: It's purity and shame. When and... Stacy,
0: we watched Don't Look Now earlier this year. It feels like, honestly, that feels like two years ago. But we watched Don't Look Now, and in Don't Look Now, the sex scene in that movie from the 70s is almost just as explicit.
1: There's a whole, you know, uh, apocrypha, rumor, whatever you want to call it, that Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie are really having sex. Like, this is a point of contention. That's how explicit that scene is. Yeah. Is people are convinced that they were actually having sex.
0: Yeah. And that's a huge, respected movie. that Everybody loves won awards it's one
1: of the greatest love scenes of all time
0: it is a good sex scene i'll tell you that. it absolutely it's a real good sex scene but that was in the 70s and then cut to uh, 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 when was this 2007 to 18 16 2016 16. cut to 2000 <laughs> a century ago also cut <laughs> to 2016 and we're like Ooh! Yeah. <laughs> it's two
1: women it's because it's two women
0: it's i'm just tired of it can we just get over it women have sex and it should be celebrated
1: yeah i would i'd like that and i would like lesbians not to police lesbian sexuality not to fucking gatekeep lesbian sexuality of like lesbians don't do that lesbians do do this lesbians do not do that it's like lesbians do all kinds of things in bed these two women aren't, like, peeing on each other. It's not, like, fetishy kinky. It's like they're just fucking having sex.
0: And if they did, good for them. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> A Duke of Burgundy, right? Like... Duke of Burgundy! <laughs> fucking pee in each other's mouths! I
0: love it! No, but really, I, that's what, I love Duke of Burgundy. Duke of Burgundy is great. I love that they pee in each other's mouths. Yeah! Like, we need... As queer people, we need more gnarly fucking depictions of what gay sex actually looks like.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I, don't know what it's a backlash to, but I feel like the queer community as a whole is becoming... Well more and more sex shy, less explicit. It's as we assimilate into heteroculture. Yeah. It's like a way to not stick out. It's the
0: it's agreeability know? politics. It's yeah. look at us, we're just like you. We're going to get married and have a nuclear family too and right. we're not sex freaks. Uh I we don't pee in each other's mouths or scissor.
1: <laughs> Pete Buttigieg has never be, he's a never nude. <laughs> yeah, he's know? a never like, nude
0: bell ringing for the Salvation Army.
1: Yeah, you know, like that's, it's, yeah, it's the respectability politics. And I feel like the lesbians just do it to lesbian cinema all the time. And maybe it's because we're so accustomed to like, I mean, you look at Carol, look at the sex scene there. I love Carol. I do love it. I feel like since 2015, when that came out, I feel like we've been so fortunate that lesbian cinema has evolved some. Carol was the first of its kind for me. I waited my whole life for that movie, and since then, we've gotten more. Hopefully, that'll continue to happen.
0: Gay, but you, yeah, gay and women-centric stories have have leaped miles in the last five years. Yeah. Simultaneously, though, we've also have like the love Victoring and the love Simoning of gayness, right? Like love yeah. Victor, it's like, oh, look, he's into boys. Oh, but he also might like girls. Right. And it's like, oh, there still has to be a level of agreeability. Versus, like, mm-hmm. what if you just showed a fucking gay teenager being a horn dog?
1: <laughs> like, right. <laughs> but you look at the like the sex scene in Carol, and it's like, Cate Blanchett obviously didn't want her breasts to be shown. It's very awkward when she takes her robe off because she's trying real hard not to show anything. Yeah. We see Rooney Mara on display. They make out some kate like moves down her body like she's gonna go down on her she's down there for like one second rooney Barr was like oh and then they cuddle and that's the end of it mm-hmm. you know like it's beautiful it's beautifully shot they're wonderful actresses i believe it it's not like i don't think they have chemistry or something but it's like maybe we've gotten so accustomed to that kind of sex scene that it's like i don't know People rub their genitals on all kinds of things. Yeah. You're telling me that two women aren't going to rub their genitals on each other? Especially when they're hot? This is not outlandish. Yeah, this is not outlandish. (laughs) When they're hot and, like, athletic? (laughs) You know? It's not that crazy of an idea, guys.
0: And, once again... That in itself should just be accepted, but also in the world of this film, it is so crucial to the actual story of exactly. and the symbolism of what's happening with these characters and where they're at in their lives and what they've come from.
1: That's what kills me. If this was just like a random movie about two women who met and then I think the sex scene, I'd be like, all right, this is hot. But I'd also be like, hmm, Yeah, like if that's really explicit.
0: If the characters in Smart were older and it was written R <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. suddenly they cut to that, I'd be like, that was... <laughs> a i was
1: like wow they went there okay but in the context of this film it is making a fucking statement it's making a statement and it ties into everything it'd be
0: like suspiria if Susie didn't blow up all their heads at the end right <laughs> yeah. like you can't have all of this backstory for hideko yeah and also not have her scissor <laughs> right (laughs) and bust out the bells (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's so important i love this movie i love this movie do you think i wonder with with our our culture now i'm sorry i'm hung up on cultural repression and gay queer gay whatever repression sexual repression do you think they're just because i want to be kind of giving (laughs) to our communities do you think there is also maybe a level of sexual um, trauma from, like, the AIDS epidemic? Oh, sure. That informed that wanting to fit in and, like, maybe coming from the place of sex, like, because, like, when we look at, like, what, like, Knife and Heart and, like, that sort of era that's depicted in that film, pre-AIDS, right. it was, like, I mean, if you've read Larry Kramer's Faggots or, you know, pre-AIDS, it was, like, orgies everywhere,
1: yeah, orgies and bathhouses and theaters and all of this. Like, there was the, like, dudes are sucking each other's dicks in parks. Yeah. And women are PE teachers, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we did lesbian,
0: Lesbians going wild.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, lesbians don't have that sort of, that, and that's all, you know, women versus men, etc. Like, women's sexuality, etc., You know, but it's like, yeah, then AIDS happened and it's like, and then what happened? Then men started going, like gay men started going to the gym and like the way you look and being fit and healthy looking really became a thing. And then once people started talking about gay marriage being an actual possibility. Yeah. It's like, no, we're not the the sex perverts who eat the poo poo. That's not us.
0: (laughs) Speak for yourself.
1: (laughs) You know, because that's always the shame of it, right? It's like when a homophobic straight person sees the gay pride parade, it's, you know, I don't want them half naked shaking their dicks all over the place. Like they don't want to know that gay people have sex. And I know plenty of gay people, men and women, who have been, who have internalized that mm-hmm. and think the same thing, who are like, I don't want straight people thinking that about us
0: yeah 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 there's a level of self-censoring yeah we absolutely. internalize it there's also there is also an aspect of like we don't want to maybe some of us don't feel safe to publicly display stuff or to talk about oh, sure. that and then yeah. we also repress on that level or we self-censor and we maybe don't even know that even though it's out of concern for safety mm-hmm. yeah it's weird how we went from like this phase of total sexual liberation to pandemic once again um to complete like sort of uh, fear of sexuality and then this agreeability and then and now we're a super pack right who doesn't and have sex
1: now we're just neutered, you know yeah. i under i mean the, i I don't know i mean i you know was alive during the AIDS crisis, but I wasn't like of a sexual age, you know what I, mean? and I also was not like a thirty five year old gay man, but I yeah. can't imagine what the onset of that does to your psyche in terms of like oh god i have sex with somebody i could die oh
0: yeah i mean well and like,
1: like that's I mean, trauma there's characters, in,
0: there's characters in normal heart that stop having sex like jeff uh paul R- uh, Rudnick play jeffrey yeah
1: yep. which
0: was a great movie um is entirely about that a man that decides yeah. to just become completely celibate because he's terrified uh yeah. what's that movie that we watched that's really good you told me to watch it, the french act up film
1: oh yeah uh, 120 beats per minute beat yeah down.
0: every everyone should watch that it's on hulu it's incredible um very historically uh um necessary to watch B- but even in that like there's characters that are just like nope don't do it
1: yeah yep i mean if i'm af- if i was afraid to go to rite aid for months here you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> right like, it is like sex.
1: I mean, it is, you know. <laughs> but I mean, what does what does that do to you, you know? Yeah.
0: And I, I mean, think we're we'll, still we'll, dealing with that. Yeah, and that's an interesting point. Like we'll see that with the pandemic. Like will we feel will people be able to shake hands again or hug or right. walk into the grocery store without a mask? Like there's these we in in we inherit these traumas and, and process them in different ways, but it seems like culturally collectively gay people have just been reeling from that sort of sexual repression so Mm -hmm. i just i just love seeing it countered like in this film right where it's like let's go all fucking in
1: let's go all in
0: and for a reason telling a beautiful story that makes me so happy
1: it's such a happy film i mean that's the thing is like lesbians also complain about not getting their happy endings and it's like you're not gonna get a happier ending than the handmaiden like, you're not going to get a happier ending than The handmaiden.
0: <laughs> we, oh my God, we were so concerned watching this. Because we were like, like, at the end of Act 1, or Part 1. Mm-hmm we were like what and we were so upset and Jason was like this has to have a happy ending right and I was like I don't know Stacy loves this movie so it could either have the happiest ending or be like Hagasusa super <laughs> sad I don't know Yeah, I cause so there are concerned. twists and turns it's,
1: uh, we haven't even told anybody what it's about what it's
0: about oh my god and furthermore you didn't you you did not tell me grifter <laughs> you didn't tell me there was grifting. We both went
1: grifters. <laughs>
0: we were so happy.
1: I love Mama Grifter.
0: Oh, my queen. <laughs> I love her. Sorry, I s- uh, Lady Vengeance is among my some of my favorite films and I did not know that. I love Lady Vengeance, but when um when she calls in support from all of her pals in oh. prison, that sequence is like, oh my god, I'm I'm Tingling, just thinking about that, you know. When she calls her phone tree of prison pals, <laughs> and they all do their special task to help her, but I felt, I felt the lady vengeance tingles when she calls up Mama Grifter. Yeah, uh, and they so... show up
1: in a fucking smoke bomb. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy,
0: Stacey. In a nutshell, what is this film about? Oh boy, I know uh, we've been talking about the sex in it for an hour, but
1: <laughs> yeah, well. Um, This is 1930s Korea, which has been colonized by Japan, okay? Suki is a young uh, Korean grifter. She lives in a family of thieves. Oh,
2: I love them.
1: (laughs) She knows all the thievey tricks. Um, One of her cohorts, Count Fujiwara, as he is known, has devised this plan. He is going to seduce and marry Hideko who is uh, a minor noblewoman. The plan is Suki will act as her handmaiden, butter her up for Count Fujiwara. uh, When he he's going to marry her and get her money and then have her confined to a mental asylum so that he will get the money. Suki's like, I want a huge cut of this money if I'm doing it. So this is the plan. They get there and... I mean, Suki is smitten at first glance. Uh, Hidago is smitten pretty much at first glance. The two women clearly have feelings for each other.
0: How could they not?
1: How could they not? They're both gorgeous. Um, But Suki is tasked with, you know, oh, the Count is, you know... You're going to have such a great wedding, and you look, the Count, just your toenails are growing faster because the Count is here.
0: <laughs> I don't know about you, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, all this crazy stuff. Um, Under the guise of uh, what will the Count expect from me in our wedding bed, Hidego basically seduces her handmaiden, Suki. They have a wonderful night together. Ugh. Oh. Definitely have caught feelings, as she is supposed to push the Count and Hideko closer together. Suki is jealous of this. Um, and then finally, it comes time for them to elope. They're going to go to Japan. Hideko's uncle that she's been living with, who has tasked her with this pornography reading that you talked about earlier.
0: But we don't know yet.
1: But we don't know yet. He's gone away on business. Um And so Hideko and the Count are going to elope. Hideko says, I'll do that on one condition, and that's if Suki comes with us. So they get married. Uh, Suki hears them having sex on their wedding night, and she's distraught over this. But, you know, this is a grift, and the time comes to dump Hideko at the mental asylum. They walk up, and the doctors say, okay, Countess, come with us. But instead of grabbing Hideko, they grab Suki. There has been a ruse by the Count and Hidako. Uh, they have told the hospital that Suki is delusional and thinks she's a handmaiden, but she's really the Countess. And she needs to be confined to the insane asylum. They drag her away, kicking and screaming. Uh, Hideko laughs. And that's the end of part one.
0: Oh my god, and I am just ag- aghast.
1: Yeah, you're just like, what no (laughs) no it says part
0: two and i say what now
1: what now now we get the story from hideko's point of view we find out her personal history uh her aunt who was married to her uncle um hung herself out in the yard because she was also tasked with reading the pornography and eventually killed herself um or was killed we find out, um, which he tried to escape this horrible situation. Uh, we find out that Hideka was not the naive Countess who's like never seen the sunlight and doesn't know anything about anything and is being taken advantage of by these grifters. We find out that she and the Count have had a deal this whole time. He came fully with the intention of seducing her and marrying her and getting her money, but he realized that that would be impossible. And why is that? It's because she's a lesbian.
0: Because she is a smart, badass fucking dyke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so he says, okay, let's get in on this together. We will frame my cohort, the handmaiden. We'll stuff her away in the asylum. And then when you get your money, we'll split it. You'll be free. We'll both have money. Everything will be great. And she says, okay. And so you see how they take advantage of Suki throughout all of this. How they're Making her jealous, etc. But Hideko has caught feelings. Like, these two women genuinely feel for each other. Yes. All of this happens. Then you find out. Oh, no, no, my friend. The truth of it, the truth of the truth. (sighs) Oh. Is that Hideko and Suki have teamed up together. I was gonna grift you. Oh, yeah, well, I was gonna grift you. They decide to do it together. And they're going to use this opportunity to escape. And
0: (laughs) the setup for when they find this out could not be more horrifying or hilarious, where Uh, Hideko is going to hang herself out of her grief over the situation. (laughs)
1: Yeah, she feels so bad about what she's going to do to Suki, and that Suki is, like, not speaking to her because she saw her making out with the Count, and, you know, which was fake anyway. Um, But... Uh, Hideko's distraught feelings, she's gonna hang herself just like her aunt did. And that's when the truth comes out, and that's when they decide to team up.
0: As Suki is holding her up after she has dropped from the tree limb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That part when Suki finds out that she's been double-crossed, and she starts screaming, let's go of her, Hideko's choking, and she's like, oh shit, lifts her back up.
1: (laughs) It's so good. Oh! So they are in on it together. They get Suki thrown in the asylum where her grifter family breaks her out in that sequence we talked about.
0: It's fucking wicked.
1: It's wicked.
0: Grifter uh, mama. She,
1: oh, when she puts on her gas mask. It's God so
0: bless good. that woman. <laughs> I love cast- that she calls her. Sorry. I love that she calls her and she's just like. We've, we're teaming up together. We need your help. And she's just like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> ladies helping ladies.
1: Ladies helping ladies. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, the Count has gifted Hideka with a vial of opium that if the uncle finds out about this and captures her and brings her back to the house and he's been threatening her with something in the basement. It's like the torture room, like something very bad is in the basement. You don't want to go there. So he gives her this opium that she can OD and kill herself. So she won't ever have to go back to the uncle. So uh, while Suki is breaking out of the asylum, Hideko is quote unquote seducing the count. Like, oh, hey, we're married now. Let's actually have sex. Meanwhile, she has spiked his wine with the opium and knocks him out. Uh, He ends up captured by the uncle's uh, henchmen. Because Hideko has written to the uncle and said, he, you know, he took advantage of me, and here's where he is.
0: He's literally... He destroyed
1: your library.
0: Caught with his pants down. <laughs> yeah,
1: literally caught with his butt hanging out. Uh, Hideko disguises herself as a man, because uh, the uncle has put out a notice that two women trying to escape, like, he's put out notices at all the shipyards and anyone boarding a boat, like, two women traveling together capture them and so she disguises herself as a man the grifters give her a new passport and the two women sail away to shanghai into a new fairy tale life together
0: and then they put bells in their vaginas and scissor
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the count is caught by the uncle's henchman he ends up in the basement where he is tortured by the uncle his fingers are cut off and then he smokes a mercury laced couple of mercury laced cigarettes and kills them both both of the men die as the women are banging their bells together on a ship bound for Shanghai, Shanghai under a full moon.
0: Could there be a happier ending? I thought it was The Witch.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it might be this.
0: But I was just elated.
1: I mean, it. this movie, you know does a 90 degree turn several times so that you are i was so happy that you hadn't like read anything about this so you I, didn't knew know like, I knew
0: nothing so
1: thank god all i knew was so much scissoring. better that way
0: so that's much actually, better that way <laughs> that's actually what i said to jason was um at, at at the end of act one and jason was like there has to be a happy ending or they'll see each other again right and i was like they have to, because the scissoring... I know scissoring happens, and that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> so the scissoring was my ray of light.
1: The promise of future scissoring. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, the joy of them escaping. I love that in part two, when it's revealed that Hideko and the Count have been working together, for me, as a big homo, it... Was really important for me to hear from him. I knew that seducing you would be impossible. Like, there's no. Well, maybe she'll really fall for him. Maybe her feelings for him are true. Maybe it's like, no, she's a fucking dyke. Yep. Well, <laughs> like that... that simple of a thing, without any like, maybe she'll fall for a man. Like we get it so rarely,
0: and that's why that's that uh, that's necessary for that reason. And also, well, it's the same reason, but also to up the sense of uh, stakes and tension of not just can they escape the uncle, but can she, how is she going to get that bag of money and get out and find Suki after right. Suki's escaped? And mm-hmm. like, it's bordering on a rape scene almost when she's yeah. trying to seduce him and then he's beginning to have his, and like the, she realized that he's not drinking the, the wine that has the opium in it that she gave him. So it's right. like okay, the only way she can get him to do it because he's kissing her, she has to drink it and portrait of a lady style pour it into his mouth from her mouth.
1: Yeah, I mean he's about to rape her. He says, yeah. you know, women love it when you force it.
0: Yeah, and it's it's uh, a, such a terrifying moment. But once she figures out her in, which is oh, get it on get it on the lips and then get it in his mouth. Yeah, and it works. You're like, God damn it, yes, 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 yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's such a wonderful movie. It's just, like, the story is just so entertaining.
0: It, it, I, I love, I love a heist movie, like, a fun heist movie. Yeah. I love a grifter movie. It's both of the, it's, it's Korean bound on some level. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that yeah. same sense of purilation, like, when Violet and Corky put their hands on the, on the, uh whatever the the shift gear and the truck and drive off to (laughs) yeah it's that same kind of feeling also explicit sex scenes (laughs) like i just
1: so happy yeah this movie makes me real happy
0: and that it's poetic that there's um there's so many callbacks to important lines and to jokes Mm -hmm. and to characters um to scenes that already happened and once again, from that moment that you you get the sense of who's double crossing who, who's double crossing who, who's double crossing who, oh, they're they are working together. Yeah. And then from that point, the sheer the the combination of grifter joy and romance and feminist <laughs> yeah. liberation. Yeah. By the time
1: we've seen these two women and their genuine feelings for each other. And you don't want that to be ruined. And then at the (gasps) end of part one, it's like, Oh, psych, we're pulling the rug out from under you. Yeah. Yeah. And And suddenly
0: it's a thriller.
1: Yeah. And it just, it's, it just plays with our emotions so wonderfully, like the conflict, you know?
0: And then by the time you get to that, that moment of them, just, she is, she is a peer. what, What was it? The savior that came to tear my life apart.
2: Yeah.
0: When she's there, she's like her knight and she's just, just, she's furious to find out what he has been doing to her, what the count, uh, uncle has been doing to her, her whole life. And she just, I, I mean, that scene, his library, I mean, it's not to be like college 101 symbolism, but like, this is the male canon. Right. It's every time a woman has been subjected or represented outside of herself it's anytime a woman has existed just for a man in literature in in art she's just taking him down and just destroying it and when they pull open the panel and they're kicking the books into the water and then she starts it's not enough to tear out the pages to hack them up with swords to pour them dump them into water then hideko has to take the red ink and she's just throwing the paint and the ink onto the books
1: It's such a wonderful moment because, yeah, Suki has had no idea what it's like. This room is off limits. No one's allowed to go in everything. You know, you have to wear gloves and it's hygienic. And these books are, you know, we hear about the uncle and he is described as among the richest men. He is the biggest book lover among the book lovers. He is the richest Mm -hmm. like the library is his domain. And Suki has never even been inside. Never mind knowing what goes on. And Hideko shows her a book and Suki says, you know, this is what he's been making you do. And she just becomes furious and starts tearing it apart. And Hideko is just watching her, like, with such love and surprise on her face. As she has that voiceover about my savior. And then when she finally, like, dares to join in and starts throwing the paint on the books... Because she's just following Suki around as Suki is tearing the library apart. And then finally Hideko also joins in. And then we cut to them, like, running through a field laughing together. It's... It's, like, ten minutes of my favorite cinema period. Honestly. (laughs) It's so beautiful.
0: That sequence... That whole run of that moment, that sequence, whatever, it is pure. Yeah. And it was just it's one of those moments that as a viewer it's like the ending of the witch when i was like i feel like i'm flying with thomason it's like mm-hmm. i it's, you just get that sense of pure elation for these characters and also the sense of like this symbolically this means so much historically this means so much just for these characters this means so much and for me as a viewer i haven't seen this before and i am fucking glowing
1: mm-hmm. i love them and I mean, it's so just beautiful visually. Like, it's, I mean, it's Park Chan-wook. Like, it's a beautiful film. Yeah. And that whole, but just helping her over the wall. Like you said, there's a stone wall that's <sighs> literally, like, separating them from the grounds of the uncle's property to freedom. And Suki hops over it. She's a grifter. She's a tomboy. She just, like, hops yeah. over it. And Hideko is, like, frozen. Like, I can't get over this. Suki hops back over, stacks up her luggage takes Hideko's hand and helps her over the wall, and it's so perfect.
0: And I love that so much, because, I mean, and also, by that point, we've learned, we've learned, like, Hideko, she has this, like, oh, she's, she has nightmares, she's never left the place, she uh, is uh, full of ennui, and she just needs someone to help spend her time. Like, it's very, when you first meet Adele and Ellen Portrait, like, right. you don't know kind of what's going on with her as much. And then you realize there's an incredibly liberated person underneath right. your your first encounter with this character. And so with Hideko, we're like, okay, we know that she can con people. We know she can cut her hand. We know she can tell off a dude. We know, But that they still comp- have to compliment each other in that way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That, like, when it gets down to it, even though she can be fucking badass, she still is a lady that's been trapped inside for a long time. And, yeah,
1: she's still a noble woman.
0: Yeah, and Suki is still go- is, is the fucking badass. It's like, nope, I got this. I'm going to stack up my suitcases. I'm going to help my lady over the fence. Or this brick wall. Uh, I love it. It's so good. And I thought it was really important, too. Uh, the Count... It, well, it's funny because, what, the uncle is sort of... He's just this asshole pornographer. He's like the Saudian kind of dude who's... His whole life and his livelihood, his um, is ruled by his obsession with subjugating women and and the eroticization of these women that have no choice in the matter. and that's his entire life is concerned that. He's just this gross pornographer. The count is like this dude who um he's like more modern. He's gonna help the women and maybe he'll even you know, maybe he'll work with them as we find out he works with Hideco. Um, But ultimately he still thinks he's going to benefit from it Mm -hmm. and from them and from their work. Mm -hmm. And it's like, both dudes are shitty. Both are going to go down. But I did find it interesting that the count also pointed out, like when he was negotiating with Hideka, when he revealed the grift to her. um, And, and the sense of like there, she was kind of saying it was sort of like futile or something. And he points out like, you know, if he gets rid of you, or whatever with the money. he'll just use the money and he'll just buy 10 more children to have read mm-hmm. this pornography so that, that their liberation isn't just for them. Right. It's representative of this entire patriarchal pod project of, of sexual slavery in a way of these y- young girls and the women mm-hmm. that in his life. And that we've set up a lineage that this has affected her aunt. This led to her murder Probably yep. at the hands of the octopus in the basement yep. that was then framed as a suicide. That was the silencing of her. Like, that, that has been an ongoing project that will continue to affect generations of women. Yep. But luckily, there was a mama grifter. <laughs> <laughs> they said, let's put this queen in drag. Don't worry, we will make you a passport. Ugh. They all worked together, and these two it's... women literally up back to inya sail away
1: yeah (laughs) they are orinoco flowing right out of there
0: orinoco flowed they brought their bells for the chorus
1: (laughs) it's such a feel-good movie
0: it might be the greatest gay film of all time yeah <laughs> like it's yeah so good. like it's I, so good i mean we have handmaiden we have portrait we have suspiria the lighthouse
1: <laughs> like I, yeah, I how like, have we been so blessed in the last five years
0: honestly well and that was it it's the
1: timeline
0: there's it's nothing the timeline. else <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's nothing more coming yeah that yeah. was it and honestly though like oh my god it's just it's such a good movie
1: It's so entertaining. Watch it if you haven't watched it. If you're still listening and you haven't watched it, watch this fucking movie.
0: Do it. You'll love it. It's really important. It's really hot. It's really funny.
1: And what's wrong with it being hot? It's like watching it last night and I'm like, this is hot. It's fucking hot. Like,
0: that's okay, guys. Yeah. (laughs) You know? It's okay. You know, I I also understand that, you know, there's also parts of the community that also, like, don't appreciate expressions of sexuality. Um, Right. And we've talked about that. Like, that's fine. Like, we talked about that with Pride and stuff. Like, sure, okay, that's great. That's good for you. But, like, with any sexuality, it's all consensual. If people are consensually into it, like these ladies in this film that's important for an entire that's important for entire groups of the community that's in Mm -hmm. it's a very 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 human thing right um and we just need to get over our sexual bullshit and our sexual trauma um i agree especially especially because it's easier for men but especially for gay women like Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why that's why I love whenever we talk about sexuality on this show, because it's like, nope, let's not cut it out. It is important. I'm not saying we're doing God's work, but like, having an egg depositor joke, having scissor jokes, at the end of the day, it actually all matters, because it's all queer as fuck. And...
1: I, yeah, I do feel sometimes, like, as of editing or whatever, and you and I talk about this off the air a lot of times where I'm like, hey, Anthony, should I, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, it's actually, like, really important. And you make me say, like, not, like you said, we're not doing God's work, but because women are so, like, that quote I had earlier is from a lesbian website, from a woman writer who's like, Handmaiden isn't how women,
0: blah, 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 blah. No, it and is. And so...
1: For me to to be like, hey, I'm a woman, and I'm attracted to women, and I'm not going to be ashamed of that. And I don't want to not talk about it or be like, well, I just really would like to hold hands and, and cuddle. and Like, of course I want to hold hands and cuddle, but, you know, like, but also. But you also want to like, fucking bang. Exactly. <laughs> like, and that shouldn't be, like, no woman should feel bad about that. Gay, straight, anywhere in between. No. Like, women should not feel bad about that or be shamed for that.
0: Here, let me tell you, wistfully staring down a hallway, we have talked about that for two years on this show, (laughs) it has its time and its place, college primarily. It's important. That's the beginning. They do it in this movie.
1: I love that tension. I you know, I do love that in in lesbian cinema of like the build up of like these two are attracted to each other and we're hearing yeah. Suki's voiceovers and being like, "Oh my god, I didn't know she was so pretty. They should have told me she was going to be so pretty."
2: <laughs>
1: like I love that build up and build up and build up. But then when it's time to get down to business, like fucking get down to business, man. Yeah,
0: that's not the whole story. We can right. be more than hug holding hands and smiling and getting our marriage certificate and going on Ellen. Like we Right. <laughs> after the wistfully staring down the hallway, after going to Lilith Fair, you fucking bang. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> And no, I'm not sorry. There's no, we don't need to be apologetic about who we are. I mean, even Larry Kramer, when the AIDS epidemic, he was like, we need to be more than just sexual. We're not just the sex. Like, the most important thing about us isn't the fact that we have sex. I kind of disagree. Like, it's the thing that makes people want to kill us. And. Right. It's, it's something that we do not have any reason to be ashamed of that's why it's so stupid i mean that's why I, that's just something i always think about with uh with the state of the world with the country with everything it's like we have invented all of these problems i mean maybe we personally haven't like i mean the white the project of white supremacy has existed for a long time and, and male domination but like we could literally all live on fuck island we choose not to
1: right Well, isn't that a big thing? You know, the the homophobes who think they're not homophobic are like, I don't have a problem with gay people as long as they like don't hit on me.
0: As long as I don't have to see it or they don't rub it it in my face.
1: Yeah, it's like so. You know, you hear that enough times, and it's like you get neutered by it. Like we're allowed to exist as long as we're not sexual beings. Yeah, and that's fine. Like I don't want to be on this show and like, and it's something about like Final Girl. You know, like, trying to make it personal without being really personal. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, this girl came over last night and we did this, 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 and this. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a way to, like, (laughs) to, to, like, talk about these things without getting specific to one's own story. Yeah. Or situation or whatever. But I just, you know, sometimes when I feel like, am I sharing too much? Am I saying too much? It's like, well, sure. (laughs) you know i'm not gonna be like oh jennifer came over last night and she brought her egg depositor (laughs) but like also i guess when i start to be like anthony do i talk too much about like women i find attractive you know because i feel like i do that a lot of like oh this when i was a kid this woman she was a real root for me
0: i remember this came up with uh when we did our one dark night episode Yeah, And it's, for me, honestly, that's maybe my favorite episode of the show. There is a great conversation about Stacey's youthful attraction to Meg Tilly. And you were kind of hung up on putting that out there. Yeah. But it's like, because it's
1: universal, dude. Right. But women don't, especially lesbians, like, don't really talk about that sort of thing. It might be like, oh, yeah, I had a crush on my best friend when I was in uh, junior high school. But that's it. But we don't get to talk. We don't get to talk about these things in terms of like human sexuality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're just not afforded that privilege. And so whenever I take that privilege for myself here, then I start to feel like, am I talking too much about it? Because I love a pretty lady, and we watch movies with a lot of pretty ladies. And we so do. honestly, every week I could be like, oh my god, she's so beautiful. <laughs> like you know, honestly, like every week, every single week on this show. Until we do the lighthouse. And even then I'd be like, that mermaid.
0: (laughs) She's a hot mermaid.
1: (laughs) A hot mermaid. That carving. That lighthouse
0: was pretty hot. That beacon. (laughs) Ooh.
1: (laughs) Would I jerk off to the carving of a mermaid? (laughs) I I don't know. Yeah, like, I I don't know. So.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing. It's, it is real. Uh, The fact that, the fact that, Uh, lesbians can talk about this movie and say it's not a real depiction that it's too much that it's too explicit which also masterfully i mean gorgeous cinematography because the filmmaker masterfully shot but like also the the sex scenes are while super explicit actually show nothing
1: (laughs) yeah we see like one bare breast yeah you see a nipple yeah
0: you see the profile of their bodies nude right yeah but like really we don't actually see anything
1: we don't see any down belows.
0: There's a lot left to your imagination. It's a very mm-hmm. kind of audition in its own way with that sex scene.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: but like that that uh that people can look at that and then have that complaint or even portrait where it's so tame.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: And still have that read of like, oh, but lesbians don't do that. Or we don't spit in each other's mouths like in disobedience. It's no, just embrace these are valid depictions of sexuality and we need to stop self-censoring. And I get too. I I also get where you're coming from when you talk about um, hesitation with talking about this stuff on the show where it's like, who do we know? Who is allowed to talk about women like that? Dudes, bros.
1: Exactly.
0: And so also we kind of take that on, like, well, I don't want to sound like a gross dude talking about, like, she's so hot.
1: That's my, that's one of my huge things is, like, is a point I've tried to make on this show several times is, like, (laughs) straight men and lesbians are not the same thing. No. And so I do worry about that when I'm just like, oh my God, like, Anthony, I I had to watch The Green Inferno because Lorenzo is so pretty.
0: (laughs) Is it, like, a worry, like, am I being a dude?
1: Absolutely, it is. Yeah.
0: And, but that's something that also, like, I get that that's kind of our only cultural reference point because unfortunately women aren't allowed to talk about sex or even watch sex scenes, it seems. We now know. Um, yeah. But, 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 what is this movie ultimately, besides like grifting and falling in love and having a killer time doing <laughs> it, like, what is this movie ultimately advocating for is like, take that bullshit rip it apart and make it your own
1: right why is finding a woman attractive like why is that simply a uh, cipher for male sexuality
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. right when it's like if you are not, if you're like being respectful or like you're a, you're you know there are ways to do this right <laughs> there, yeah. there yeah. are ways to 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 be able to talk about being a sexual being and and appreciating sexuality without objectifying Mm -hmm. or just objectifying, let's be real. Without without making it just about your own gain. Right. Which is which is what the pornographer does, which is what the count does in this film. Yeah. But like like Suki thinks she's fucking hot. That's why she's like, oh my God, why didn't they tell me she's so pretty? Yeah but she also appreciates her as a person and as a as a thinker she falls in love with all of her right so it's i don't know as it's it's different as queer people let's just like let's just all call ourselves in (laughs) <laughs> and be willing to go there and not and get over our weird fucking repression and trauma i'm catholic i get it i mean i grew up catholic <laughs> like right i get shame and it takes a it's a long time to get over it sure so
1: yeah just do whatever works for you just uh, lesbians stop gatekeeping lesbian sex yeah don't police each other's sex
0: unless you like yeah. if you're being a fucking creep or an asshole about it or there's oh, power sure. stuff yeah, that's a great time to call it out. But, like, yeah. if it's two people, one into a scissor, and they look great doing it, and it's making bell sounds... <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not your call.
1: Right. <sighs> this movie's perfect.
0: I love The Handmaiden. <laughs> Honestly, I am... Since so much of this show not not because of this but you know with so much of our show being about unofficially a women in horror podcast and just being two fucking fags cleaning out over awesome women and gay sex <laughs> I, could, yeah. I could and subversive feminist stories I could not be happier that this is our two year movie
1: yeah it is the nexus of everything we love
0: it really is
1: it truly is. It's, it's women. I, honestly, last night I was like, I don't know. I hope Adele isn't reading my mind right now. But <laughs> oh. man, the handmaiden,
0: though. The fringe on her deerskin jacket like tingles a little. She's like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Stacy is. Oh, no. We still know hell. But the fucking handmaiden, though, right? It's so good.
0: It's perfect. It's immediately, immediately shot to the top. And like you said, it checks all the boxes: women, grifters, horror, giant octopus, um, s- scissoring. All the boxes are co- <laughs> Korean <laughs> Every film. Box. Every box is checked. Oh yeah, I just want to take a bath in this movie. <laughs> yeah, not in the octopus box tank, but in no, in, in the, the movie other one itself. with your
1: with your lollipop and your with my lollipop and, and your thimble. <laughs>
0: I lost my mind it's so good it's so good I also love I love 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 I'm sorry I keep looping back to talk about everything with this movie but I love just that act of the she says uh, Hideko's in the bath her mouth is kind of un- she has a little mouth pain because her teeth one of her tooth, her teeth is sharp and and Suki puts on a little thimble and sands it down but I yeah. I love the seeing acts of penetration between women depicted. Like uh symbolic acts of penetration.
1: It's like the armpit.
0: Like the armpit in portrait. Um like 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 the thimble in this. It's I just I love when even in um this is a silly example, but there's a scene in the Charlize Theronian Flux where she's like, she has to heal the guy, so she has to stick her fingers inside him to pull out the bullets. <laughs> but I'm like, as even as a teenager watching that, I was like, I am watching a woman penetrate a man.
1: Right. I just
0: love, I love um, these symbolic. Some of
1: penetration. Some,
0: yeah, yeah these symbolic depictions of female penetration. I just love it
1: ah uh, so happy birthday to us happy
0: birthday what a beautiful perfect birthday cake we have
1: i want to watch it again tonight
0: i know i immediately went to go buy the blu-ray not available
1: i have a beautiful three disc korean edition you suck <laughs> well
0: i'm jealous <laughs> <laughs> i want it i can't believe it's i mean it's you it's streaming i think Yeah, Um, but I. I, Yeah, I think
1: it's on Amazon.
0: That's just that just goes to show the shame that the culturally we have uh, embodied that this movie isn't even available on Blu-ray right now.
1: That it's honestly shocking to me, and that's part of the that could be part of the reason why it's not as talked about. It's just not as available. But like, why is this movie not in the Criterion Collection? You say to yourself,
0: "Come on, everybody loves this director. Mm -hmm. Every fucking every." How many times at a convention, at a horror convention, do you hear people say, oh, yeah, have you seen Old Boy? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. come on, man. It's 2020, and the name of the game is The Handmaiden. Exactly. Love this movie. Oh, with all that said, Stacey, are you ready to celebratorily take off that? Well, you can keep on the birthday hat, actually. I think you can keep the birthday hat. Yeah. And place your head on the chopping block.
1: Uh, yes with uh some
0: qualifications oh really what could you tell me a little bit more about those well
1: <laughs> as I think we established at the top of the show I've like forgot this was our anniversary episode we had a li- we had a plan for the chopping block for this and I completely forgot it <laughs> and In the like 10 seconds before I hit the record button for this episode, I very proudly to Anthony said, I have three new categories because this morning I spent an hour thinking of three new categories and all the questions and I was so
0: proud. You have never sounded more ready, more proud of yourself
1: And then Anthony said, I thought we were doing Suspiria questions. (laughs) Because this is our anniversary and, you know, we were going to talk about Suspiria every year for our anniversary. (laughs) And so we decided to do a Suspiria flavored chopping block edition. And that completely was not, that was not in my brain anywhere.
0: So after I said that, what I immediately hear is "Oh fuck! Oh no!" (laughs) It's actually really funny. Uh.
1: So Anthony has Speria questions. I have three new categories.
0: So it's gonna be, as always, an uneven and hilarious chopping block, (laughs) and I can't wait.
1: It'll be uneven, Uh, hilarious, I don't know, let's not uh, make any promises we can't keep.
0: I'm excited though, I feel, I got to four last time.
1: That's true, I think, the categories, I think any of them, I think you'll clean up. I say that every week though.
0: You do, and I die always, like, uh, right away on the first one. <laughs> I,
1: but I have unceasing faith.
0: Well, here, I'm, I'm anxious to get some real questions, so I'll go first. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm going to place my head down.
1: Place your head down, thank you. Um, three new categories for you this week. Very <laughs> exciting. Um, category one is The Devil Made Me Do It. <gasps> Ooh. which is all satanic movies oh yeah category two macho man is uh <laughs> <laughs> as seen on tv <gasps> where you give me the name of a made-for-tv horror film mm. category three i don't know what came over me which is all about possession movies oh Which might not be satanic. You see, one thing is satanic. might be a cult. It might be something like that. Versus I don't know what came over me, which is about possession.
0: Oh, and sometimes that's Satan. Sometimes that's the devil. Sometimes that's a divok.
1: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Oh.
0: Okay, what are the three again?
1: The three categories are the devil made me do it, as seen on TV... And I don't know what came over me.
0: <laughs> it always has to be said in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what. Um, okay. Um. I am feeling in a hail Satan kind of mood to mark the, the the soon quick dawning of October, which in Halloween, which we all know is the devil's birthday, according to the Jehovah's Witness kids growing up. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with the devil made me do it, please, for 500.
1: All right. Devil made me do it. Here we go. Oh, my God. Question one. Which of the following? You might want to write this down. I don't know. I'm not you. What? Don't forget. Oh, we haven't even told anybody how this game works. Ah. I ask questions. Anthony has to give answers. And then we flip flop when it turns. Uh, something... <laughs> 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 you have 10 seconds to answer the question unless you call out, I want the wig. In which case, uh, the Jamie Lee Curtis wig from 1981 film Halloween 2 magically appears on your head. And thwarts the heads' these uh, efforts to cut your head off. You get ten extra seconds to answer the question. Is that it? I feel Good like enough. that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, question one: The devil made me do it. Which of the following is not a real movie title? Are you ready?
0: Which is which is not real?
1: Which is not a real movie? Okay. Satan's Triangle. Satan's school for girls, Satan's Hollow, Satan's cheerleaders.
0: Fuck. I want the wig. Um. Okay. Fuck. Satan's cheerleaders is real. Uh. Satan's school for girls. Isn't that real? Wait. Okay. Is it Satan's Hollow or is it Satan? Um. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna say Satan's Triangle. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> satan's hollow god that up sounds real though satan's triangle you say to yourself huh it's real god damn it is it a, i've never seen it is it a bermuda triangle is it a triangle like in the school band is it a triangle like measuring for math i don't know god
0: damn it I knew it was. <laughs> I knew it was either Satan's Hollow or Satan's Triangle. You did. You got close. That's a tough one. But I should have. But then, but in my head, see, I was thinking, well, but I. Well, I almost went with Satan's Hollow because I was like, well, Satan's Triangle sounds like Devil's Triangle, which sounds like Bermuda's Triangle, which probably is real. Yeah. But then I was like, but Satan's Hollow just sounds so good. Thank you. That's a Stacey Ponder creation.
1: It's a Stacey Bonner creation. Thank
0: you. It's like, because it's like, it's like Sleepy Hollow, but it's like Satan's Hollow. And I could easily see that being like in a, in a book or in like a made for TV movie.
1: I just Googled it. It's an arcade game from
0: 1982. That's wild. Yeah. Satan's Hollow. That's a fucking metal name.
1: It's also a place, an urban legend in Cincinnati. What is it? Uh oh! It looks like a drainage tunnel. What? <laughs> yeah, you know how those things are.
0: Wow! Wow!
1: I don't know. I feel like maybe you should get a second chance or
0: something. Because I died so badly right away on the first yeah, one, and
1: that was really tough. Maybe that's too tough of a question for ten seconds. <sighs> I mean, I'll take more
0: questions. It's up to you. It's our birthday. It's our birthday. Here, I'm going to slice off some restorative birthday cake. (laughs) Use that, uh, what's that frosting? Funfetti?
1: (laughs) No, the the frosting people make things out of. Fondant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (gasps) I got it. You got your Esther fondant
0: ribbon. My, yeah, my uh, orphan fondant. Yeah, my head is, it, but it's like it's like I nailed it when it's just ugly. It's just like right. patchy all around yeah. my neck, holding my head on. I like this new look. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. All right, let's, okay. so let's uh, keep going. And the devil made me do it. Okay, let's see if I have a chance
0: with the other one. See if
1: you have a chance with the other one. That all was right. a good
0: question though, because that was very convincing.
1: It was, but I, it might have been too tough for 10 seconds. I don't know. That we'll said, see.
0: hold on to it and maybe write Satan's Hollow as something, because that's a really good title. Thank you. Listeners don't take that idea. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, so, okay. question uh, one do over.
0: Oh, I'm so excited I get a second chance.
1: What special event prompts Mr. and Mrs. Ullman to hire a babysitter in the house of the devil? Oh!
0: Um. Uh. It. Uh. It's the uh, eclipse. Eclipse. It's an eclipse. Yes.
1: Yes. You're right. Ding. 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 Question. Whatever. Ernest Borgnine is the head of a satanic cult that faces off against William Shatner in what 1975 film? Oh. Is this the Esperanto movie? No. No. Oh, William Shat. Oh. Oh, Ida Lupino. What?
2: Ah! (laughs) Fuck! I'm going to
1: keep going, though. The Devil's Reign. The Devil's Reign.
0: I've never seen it.
1: Oh, it's pretty entertaining. It's good? Melting... I said entertaining.
0: (laughs) Choice of words. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know if it's good. But you have Ernest Borgnine as, like, a goat-faced Satanist. Faces melt off. Oh. And the poster art is grammatically incorrect. So... Oh, I what love. more do you need?
0: What does yeah. it say instead?
1: Well, it says like "Heaven help us when the devils reign," but "devils" is apostrophe s; it's possessive, so it doesn't make any sense.
0: That's oh, I love it. I love I love when people are like, "We don't need a copy editor."
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. I get to keep going.
0: Yeah, why not? It's oh,
1: there's only two questions.
0: It's left. our birthday. I love this.
1: <laughs> Which. Which mountain actress slash real housewife finds herself squaring off against the satanic family pooch in the 1978 film Devil Dog, The Hound of Hell? Kim
0: Richards, baby!
1: Yeah! ding, ding! (laughs) And last question. Leave it to beavers Barbara Billingsley heads up a satanic cult in this 1987 made-for-TV film.
0: Oh, uh, um, is, uh, uh, is it, is it, uh, the Bay Cove? Yes, Yeah. See? Which is actually, isn't the sign actually Bay Coven, but the end fell off?
1: It's, yeah, sometimes it's called Bay Coven, sometimes it's called Bay Cove. Also starring Pamela Sue Martin of television's A Dynasty. Oh, yeah. If you enjoy Night Soaps, visit nightsoaps.com for more.
0: Updated every Friday. Sure.
1: <laughs> So there you go. You got three out of the
0: five. I got three out of five. I died twice. <laughs> yeah.
1: Lots of chopping.
0: Thank God for this fondant that we had right <laughs> right in our reach.
1: Yeah. Well, it's our birthday. Special circumstance. Thank
0: you. I love birthday chopping block. Birthday chop chop. Oh, I love that. Thank you. For, I'm happy I got all this little to have fun with the Satan questions. Yeah. I love a Satan film. Me too. Uh. I, I
1: mean, you put... Barbara Billingsley in a black hooded robe, Man. carrying a torch, her and Susan Rattan of television's L.A. Law, and Inga Svensen of television's Benson. They're all Satanists oh, Facing stank. off against Pamela Sue Martin. It's the greatest. Sorry, handmaiden. Bakehove. Why haven't we done this yet? I don't know. It's on YouTube.
0: Oh, we should do it. Yeah. That sounds like a good Halloween watch.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Oh, we're gonna have to be doing a lot of those pretty soon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Stacey, are you ready? Yes. Okay. So in honor of, well, I was gonna say the best movie ever, but is it Handmaiden now? <laughs> but in My honor, beard. in honor of one of our most beloved sister wives, Suspiria. <laughs> I have a Suspiria love fest chopping block all set for you. And so, from this, you're gonna to have to choose one of three suspirific categories. Okay, Stacey, your categories are suspiria, <laughs> superiority complex. Ooh, I like that. And susperia, I hardly know her. <laughs> so once again, your categories are suspiria. Susperiority Complex or Susperia, I hardly know of.
1: Before we begin, I would just like to say that there are times in my day to day life, occasionally, my brain, my thoughts will turn to Susie Banyan. And I say, I just love. That Susie Banyan is a big dyke. Oh, yeah. It honestly fills me with a joy. Like, you just would not believe. It honestly makes me so happy that she's gay.
0: She's a dyke. She's an artist. She's a witch mother. (sighs) Could there be a cooler character?
1: I know. Anyway. She
0: also is a Mennonite fashionista. <laughs> <laughs> she,
1: she can wear corduroy like no business. Um, I feel that I have to go with superiority complex.
0: Awesome. All right. Because
1: I feel that I have one, which is setting myself up for failure. But
0: you do have one. You're writing the book.
1: <laughs> like yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, superiority complex. You ready for this? Question one. Okay. All right. Oh, Stacey, you're going to have to really dig deep into your Suspiria knowledge for these. I'm just warning you.
1: Susie <laughs> <Sissy> Banyan.
0: <laughs> On a scale of one to November 11, how much do you love Suspiria?
1: I'm going to say November 11. Ding, 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 ding. No! Oh, yes. <laughs> Perfect. I really love Suspiria.
0: Perfect. And November 11th, we know, is a significant date. Yes. Um, Not just the day Anka died and the day Folk was restaged, but also the day um, that zine's going to be available for y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knock on wood. Uh, okay, <laughs> question two. Now, Stacey, I know, I know that you might be the world's foremost expert on Suspiria, whatever. <sighs> but I uncovered some information that you might not know. Mm. You might not know this, but Tilda Swinton plays three roles in Suspiria. <laughs> what? Which one of those three roles do you most want to see hook up with Susie?
1: Oh, it's
0: kind of a trick question.
1: It is because, I mean, Madame Blanc—it's a love story, but also the curve in me is like. <laughs> <really> <laughs> <saying> <laughs> just go at it. <laughs> <laughs> that excised a sex dream that one Mr. David Kajanik told us about when he was on our show. I mean, the fact that he thought of that. It's like, I don't want to see it. It's like a head it's, in a jar. It's so wrong. <laughs>
0: But it's one of those things when you hear also you've been dead for like 25 seconds on <laughs> a question you can't get wrong <laughs> but um, it's one of when you hear the, that combination of words oh. you're just like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it, you go
1: full home improvement <laughs>
0: yeah like you've, you've gone past the fact that Tim Allen is a horrible conservative monster Yeah, <laughs> you just fully embrace it oh. I mean, honestly, though, which would you... If you had to choose what was in the movie?
1: I mean, honestly, I feel like I would go for Helena Marcos because it's so fucked up and so weird. And to me, like, for what I love, the Susie Sarah love story trans- yes. is better than the Susie Blanc. So I would rather have seen Sarah and Susie if I have to watch any of them have sex. Yes. But the Marcos is so perverted and so out there and just beyond all rationality and reason that how could you not want that Mm-hmm. it'd be so fucked up
0: that's the thing like the Bl- and the Blanc susie thing works because we don't we don't go further with them right there's like a, there's a constant tension and they don't know exactly who's playing who mm-hmm. versus like susie and sarah yeah absolutely like just obviously they've had sex we know it but that would just be sweet, and then make it sadder. Versus like Helena's, just that's that's a horror movie.
1: It's so <laughs> fucked up.
0: Susie walking up to the Helena Marcos all you can eat buffet.
2: <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. Um, question three, mm. Stacy. Are you ready for this? Sure am. They, they just get harder as they go on. Oh boy. Okay, question three That's
1: what she said
0: (laughs) They just make more bell sounds as they go on Question (laughs) three This is where it starts to get really tough Um, And a little contentious What is the better Suspiria? Suspiria 2018 Or Suspiria 2018
1: Perfect movie or
0: perfect movie?
1: Ah, uh, 2018. 2018. Ding 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 ding. Congratulations.
0: Thank you thank you. <laughs> you <me>. are correct. <laughs> I don't know why people act like there's any other option. It's just like who are you guys? What? <laughs> Did you see her explode all their heads? <laughs> 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 Question 4. Okay, you really ha- I hope you have your thinking cap on for this one. Yeah. Which of Vendegast songs is your favorite?
1: Them. Ding 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 ding!
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's a songstress. Oh God, I love Suspiria. Okay, I, I'm
1: having Suspiria feelings.
0: They, see, all you need to, you just need to think about how good it is. Yeah, and you're like, oh, she's right there next to Handmaiden. Oh yeah, and Portrait. It's a holy trinity. They're the three it's mothers. The holy trinity. That's it's the, the three, three mothers.
1: mothers. Yeah, I thought I was one of them. <laughs> How dare I? You're, no, you're like a... No, I'm just, I'm washing their feet, you know?
0: Hey, being the tanner to them. Exactly. That's a great gig. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's
0: true. You get a great dress and sweater.
1: Yeah, I love a great <laughs> dress. You know how important my dresses are.
0: I, I've seen... um <laughs> Just your dry cleaning bill, my God. <laughs> Okay, question five. You're at the last. Yeah. You've made it to the home stretch, baby. Question five. Now this is a this is kind of a tough one. You have to, actually have to you have to answer this one. When she isn't stuck under the floorboards in the Mutterhaus, <laughs> at what mall business or businesses <laughs> can you find Helena Marcos?
1: You can find her at the Orange Julius. <laughs> Or at things remembered. <laughs> ding 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 ding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the canon backstory.
1: Wow, I answered them all correctly. You what are the odds? Got them all right. Happy birthday, indeed.
0: She is also at Helena Marco's Sunglass Hut. Oh yeah, there are seven. But she works basically any mall job.
1: <laughs> any mall job. She's at Claire's.
0: She's piercing the ears
1: Piercing ears She can pierce a lot of ears She has a lot of hands She can hold a lot of piercing
0: guns <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's holding her hair off to the side with one hand She's holding the earrings in the other hand She's holding the gun in the one hand
1: <laughs> She's at Spencer's Giss. <laughs> Ringing up penis pasta <laughs> An old fart birthday card and Bob Marley posters. Yeah, she's wearing a Rasta hat. Yeah, and glow in the dark pot leaf velvet <laughs> posters. And beers of the world posters. I've spent a lot of time looking at Spencer's Gifts posters, apparently. And she's talking with the other clerks about what her Harry Potter whore crux is. <laughs>
0: staring at her like why is she dripping
1: so much yeah Yeah, she has to swap out her sunglasses for like the pot leaf sunglasses
0: (laughs) while she's there yeah the sexy boob sunglasses yeah
1: (laughs) she puts her little baby hand on that like wizard electricity ball
0: she's blacklight reactive yeah. Oh my god. I love Amal Marcos. I do love Amal Marcos.
1: <laughs> I love spirit Happy birthday to us. Happy
0: birthday to us and to all of our listeners who have spent who have been with us for this two-year ride. Um, yeah. Literally through hell and high water and pandemic. Yeah. It's cool. That means a
1: lot yeah yeah you want to wish us a happy birthday you can do it on the twitters gaylords of d Mm -hmm. facebook gaylords of darkness Mm -hmm. instagram gaylords of darkness Mm -hmm. uh i mean that's where we are that's where we'll be here's to another year maybe we'll see well well
0: maybe we'll record it from our your your
1: mime my box mime, my, my mime box <laughs> and
0: my robo might have wi-fi <laughs>
1: yeah we'll see we'll see We'll see where the new year takes us. Otherwise, uh, next month is October or Shocktober. Be sure to tune in to FinalGirl.rocks. Thank you to everybody who sent in a list of their top 20 favorite horror movies.
0: Yeah, now you have to compile it.
1: (laughs) Oh boy, do I have some lists to go through. Um, So we'll see how that all shakes out over the month of October. Every single day I'll be posting.
0: And everybody, keep your eyes peeled um for that throughout all all of Shoktober on Final Girl, keep your eyes peeled on the for GaylordsofDarkness.com for a nice refresh. Um and and also vote <laughs> and get your flu shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good things And to uh do. I don't know.
1: I guess that's it. Scissor. <laughs>
2: Ha 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 ha